relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people in places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. If you are a regular listener, you probably tried to listen to our episode with Arlie before. And in the middle, there was it was just insane audio. It was just insane. And I thought, I'll release it because it was a good episode. And I, wanna, I couldn't figure out how to salvage it because I'm a comedian and not an audio engineer. And But you guys let us know. <laughs> and I appreciate that. I was just going, ah, maybe just like power through with it. Like, just like enough people were like, hey, something bad happened. <laughs> and I was like, I love, we're going to have to take this down and see if we can redo it. And you were like, no problem. So yeah. guys, welcome back. And, and you can update us on just how insane Oklahoma is. Because last time we talked to you was like a couple months ago and it was insane. And then every time I look at any of the news or any of the people, I've, the, guy, the guys, I've, guys and girls we follow in Oklahoma, it's always just, like, what in hell? Yeah, I I was thinking about it. I was just driving home and I was thinking about redoing the episode. And I was like, man, there's like a lot has happened <laughs> since the last time. Honestly, like some big stuff. They put in two-year moratorium on licenses. So now there's no <laughs> licenses, no grow licenses, no processing, and no dispensary licenses for the next two years. And I've seen that coming from like Washington, where they just shut down their licensing, giving them out. And then anybody that wasn't active... They started pulling those licenses and then it was because it's always about market consolidation, it seems. And so it's like basically they pulled the kibosh on giving out any new licenses here and now they're doing inspections and you had to have done some business with another licensee in a certain amount of time. So they came and did an inspection at my garden the other day and they took one single picture of a growing plant and then looked at one invoice that shows like i bought clones from a garden and so that shows that i'm technically doing business with another licensee and i guess technically if i couldn't have provided them with both of those things if i wasn't growing and i hadn't done any business yet they're gonna start taking all those licenses and so i think in the next two years can i ask just to interrupt are you for or against that? Because oh. I immediately think like those steps aren't hard. So if you can't pull those off, it's yeah, it's one of those things where it's it's like a driver's license. Go get it. Right. I guess it's I'm for it in the sense. You can't do that step. You should get punished. I yeah. Do you know what I, I mean? Where it's well, you just I need to be responsible enough to do one errand. Just yeah. do two. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like one of those things where it's like I like it in the sense of all the all the big business guys that were like hey we're gonna go there we're gonna get a license and we're just gonna set on it and then we're gonna profit off of that i like that they're taking them away there are people out there that just maybe maybe they started build out during covid maybe they got their license like nine months ago that type of stuff they were gonna they were gonna stop doing business and then they were going to try to wait until the market came back And so they're basically like, no, you have to be active 
during the hardest time in the market right now if you want to exist later and i think that what i don't like about it is it's all just like a big trick for cash everything is about cash to them so for them they instead of dealing with a bunch of $2,500 licenses they want to just they want one person to own like a thousand licenses basically so they can just get one big fat tax stamp and or tax check instead of a bunch of little tax checks from everybody and so the way that they do that is they're like oh you have to be active during this time you have to do this you have to do this and you have to do this and they make all these little caveats that are just like details and it's i feel like there's a lot of companies that have somebody on the payroll that they deal with those little details and so really who it affects or they have lobbyists that influence people doing those kind of yeah or they play golf with councilmen and yeah like yeah and the people i know like i take it people... back it sucks my bad <laughs> you know well, I so i have questions okay i have questions are they doing anything to make sure that nothing is leaving the license and going to the black market right now they're probably they bust people like all the time but you'll hear about it somebody that didn't even have an oklahoma driver's license got had 80 pounds in the car and they got pulled over <laughs> that's and, so many pounds that's yeah so silly that's I, so silly yeah I, I, I kind of jaded to it now i guess it's just once but you go over sure but it's still just be cool you don't need he, to do 80. I, I mean they'll get busted with it and then it's oh well my family owns this or my uncle that you know that you wouldn't even know in, that i was any relation to owns this garden they try to talk themselves out of it by being like oh no it came from this licensed garden it's, you have 80 illegal pounds it's not okay <laughs> <laughs> it's not the way I that it found works. it okay it, i right. found it no this, i'm doing a delivery and it's listen, a, a criminal gave me this okay right. yeah, so he's a master it's, criminal it's okay he's cool yeah he's been doing it for a very long time yeah it was like real laid back so just be cool yeah yeah that is you know and then they come back and they get the farm and so it's at that point it's i didn't take any investigation you accidentally caught somebody driving down the road and they told on themselves so i don't know necessarily like how much like mike and i talk about that a lot i don't know what if it's on here a lot but we talk about this during in our friendship a lot is that if you really pay attention they i like to watch all those narco shows and all those documentaries and even like any of it it's like all of it is usually like this guy told and that's how we busted and you're like it's like always that it's yeah. never or or it's yeah one day a, a detective or like a deputy fell down a whale and it happened to be like where El Chapo was watching TV. Where it is, yeah. this is, it's, it's, it is, yeah, you're just like somebody panics and, and they're like this. And you're like, don't, you don't have to. They don't know nothing. Right. Yeah. And it's like, because you, it's, everybody thinks that they're just going to be able to say one more thing and they're just going to be like, oh, you're, oh, your <laughs> uncle owns a girl. You're cool. You're, you, you should have led with that. Let us take the handcuffs off of you. Those Don't are people that have it. never yeah. been arrested. We're already back at the jail. We'll take you back to your car. We'll help you get it out of impound. It's not, you're, you're you there. know what's, you're what, 
you're exactly and what's wild if you've watched law and order twice like two episodes <laughs> two different episodes you would know as soon as those handcuffs go on you you just you can't even if you're completely innocent and you cannot talk once once those go on you, you yeah. got a chance before yeah but once you're locked you're just like no you just it's no, not the way it works. It's like a we're parking. We're going to talk ticket. about the weather if we're going to talk about anything after this. This is all I'm going to try to be like, well, it's fun. Like, we are not talking about anything that just why you. Yeah, that is so weird to me where you're just, have you not watched anything where they're like, just don't. It's you're so... right, though, but they think I'll just say one thing and they'll just undo <laughs> this. And I'll get to go home. You're like, oh, no, man, they got you. Yes, yeah. it it's still the best thing that I've ever said to a cop. I know that I've said this story on this podcast many times before, but when I got pulled over in Illinois and I didn't have anything in me, I was driving cross country and they were searching my truck with the canine unit and everything. And the cops swore that I had something in my truck. The one that had me to the side just kept going. If you tell us where it is now, it'll make it so much easier on you. And I just looked at him. I was like, I don't think that's how that works. And I swear there was almost a smirk on his face for five seconds when <laughs> I said that. Like, Shit, damn it. He's right. <laughs> that's my favorite part of like live PD and cops is just like, the shit that people believe them say, it's just exactly like that. You just tell us where it is and we can get out. If you have a dog in my car, you're going to find It'll be easier on you. A hundred percent, it'll be easier on you. But like me, I don't think so, really. I guess I was already in handcuffs one time and much. I told him where the pipe was because I was like, just don't fuck my car up. It's in the fucking thing. <laughs> don't. You'll, exactly. You're going to find that thing. It was loaded and I was very excited about getting to the hotel. I'll be right. honest. Yeah, and you're going to look I, until you find something. Yeah, I was like, well, I'm already in handcuffs. So I'm already going. So you're going to find that. So yeah. it's in there. Be nice. And then he was like, he was like, okay. And then I blew a point away and he looked very sad. He was like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, <laughs> you I disappointed told you. me. <laughs> you I disappointed told you me. I wasn't drunk, motherfucker. I was just. Well, and the reason why I asked, because right now, currently, I feel like the cannabis industry is cannabinolizing, uh, cannabinolizing, they're eating it themselves alive right now, basically. And say there's it, always... Say it again, try it again. I believe the cannabis industry is canna... cannibalizing. cannibalizing. Cannabis is cannibalizing. Cannibalizing itself. But I feel like a lot of times they're just looking for the boogie. I feel like you do right now when you're watching me grow. <laughs> you're, you're giving me like grow tips. Like I'm like, no, do it again. Let's see it. And for me, it's speaking. We're having fun tonight. No, no worries. I think what it is, it's new well, hold people. On, hold ex- on. Okay. Because literally everybody that I know that's in the black market right now which, yes, I still know them. You don't forget friends. They blame you guys right now. They are blaming the entire state of Oklahoma, and they're like, those motherfuckers have cheaper electricity, cheaper warehouses, everything's cheaper out there to produce a pound. They're fucking killing the black market right now. And that, to me, is, A, hilarious, 
because I don't think it's that much different than anywhere else. I think it's just now everybody's doing it. The getting in trouble is not really that much more than it's ever been before. And now there's bigger money involved in it than ever before. But everybody's claiming that's Oklahoma. No, it's location. Oklahoma is in the middle of the motherfucking country. I-40 runs right through that motherfucker. Sorry, I've done touring my... I'm not sorry. I've done touring my whole life. I understand. And that reminds me of one time I was in Bellingham, Washington. And I was talking about this documentary I just watched. And I was like, God, Belly. I was like, I was watching this documentary. It's about the drug trafficking. And they mentioned Bellingham, Washington. And this dude in the audience goes, respect. And I went, no, geography. And it was like, <laughs> it has nothing to do with who you are. It's this is a port town next to the border. So, and like everyone cheered that he's like trying, he's a white kid trying to be, it was like respect. <laughs> like, no, but that's it. Changed Denver changed stuff, like Colorado changed stuff, and now Oklahoma is changing stuff. And it's not because sure it's cheaper or whatever, but it's maybe a little, but not much. But it's that you guys can produce what they can produce on the West Coast, and you don't have to travel as far. And that, because I, I don't know if you guys are aware, but shipping and handling is expensive. So oh, if yeah. you can cut that in half, you can cut your price. It's a, yeah, yeah. That's what it is more than anything else. And it's all my friends in Texas, all of them. They used to get it shipped there, and now they all just drive to Oklahoma. All yeah. of them. Yeah, I think you asked the same question last time, and... I had like a long-winded answer. The more that I've thought about it, it was, I think what it is, it's new people experiencing a well-seasoned problem that a lot of people (laughs) have. Colorado (laughs) was fucking it up for Washington, Oregon, (laughs) and California. Okay. And then Washington started fucking it up for everybody. And then Oregon was fucking it up for everybody. California, originally, they were the original fucker-uppers. They were fucking it up for all the people in Ohio that were growing. I think so. I honestly, I think it's just new people experiencing just an inevitable problem of just it's, but it's something as cannabis users, once you it, I almost hate that, like, I went from like a cannabis user to somebody that is a cannabis user, but I also, I have, I plain and simple, I have to profit from it to be able to continue doing what I do. And so it's, if I, it sucks to like look at it as this is fucking that up or something like that. It's more people are being able to access cannabis. So to me, that's a positive thing. But the fact that more people can access cannabis and now my $3,200 pounds are worth 800 bucks at the store and that makes it hard to grow any cannabis at all for anybody to have any of it. It's like that catch 22. And But Billy said it's 100% location because not only has Oklahoma been fucking it up for everybody else on weed, we've been fucking it up for everybody else on like methamphetamine distribution as well because not only do we have i-40 that goes from the east coast to the west coast we have i-35 that goes from mexico to canada 
or so it goes it's huge it's a good route so it's a good route you come to you come to you there's like a little town in northwest oklahoma of 25,000 people and it's literally like the meth distribution hub of the entire nation and you stand in that town and you're like there's no it's not a big city there's no infrastructure here there's no nightclubs that and it's a meth that gets sold from like very little of it actually gets done in that town the majority of it goes to LA the majority of it goes to Chicago and like stuff like that and it's the same with the cannabis it's the same with all the so other a, so a cartel in Oklahoma is what pretty, you're saying pretty much yeah no I don't think I just think it I assume that but to hear yeah no for real because like sometimes I go to this place near the Arizona border of Mexico and they talked about for a while because there is just empty storefronts on the main street of these weird little towns and so these bikers would come rent out one of the storefronts and put curtains up and then do whatever in there once or twice a month and then but everybody's like, it's good for the economy you know what i mean they're like it's they <laughs> their thing and i was like and i was like i understand it and i've always property taxes 100 percent, and i'm sure they pay a little more than rents what it is you know what i mean like y'all are cool be cool and like, everybody's cool here man and the joke <laughs> i do when i'm in that town is like, there's only 1100 in this whole town and someone gets to hold it once a week it's their week is you just pass it around and they went everyone laughed and went ah. and i was like yeah, it's too real isn't it <laughs> the good but ones the good ones hurt a little bit that's what you're going for is to be that i love that sigh after they're like ha, 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 oh yeah yeah but the here's another thing that oklahoma it's not equipped law enforcement wise to handle the volume of what's happening there with the math and the cannabis because it's been small town sheriff that, that kind of even on the state level it's this is how they it's small stuff and now so let me let, let me ask you a question if you're a small town sheriff in small town oklahoma you've got 400 residents in your town and literally the only way that a street gets fixed or anything like that is generated from the property tax that you're getting from 300 people and all of their properties grandfathered in from the 20s okay so they're sure. paying nothing so the only way that you're getting any money is by stopping somebody driving through your main street going to a large going from this city to this city all of the towns in between it the only way they get money is by having a 25 mile an hour speed limit and giving out 80 dollars speeding tickets for 30 and a 25 and people that have an eighth of weed and they get a 500 ticket and then they have to come back to their town probably buy a tank of gas whenever they're there if and literally if that's how they make their money if you just solve weed okay nobody has weed we're gonna kill you for it tomorrow if you get caught and everybody's too scared of it and nobody has any ha what happens to those towns it's there has to be this like level of accepted crime to generate any revenue for all of these places here and so it's they might it's like they they want to they don't want to solve the problem they just want to catch you when you do it oh you know? it's 
that's like Tennessee forever. And I saw one of them one time at this museum. Weed Maps did this really cool interactive museum for a while in LA. And I have a picture of it, but you could, there was a permit for cannabis in Tennessee. There's, it's always been, you could always get one. It was the, yeah. And so if you had that, you could have, I never, I never knew anyone that had one or like that kind of thing. But I, they had a, they had a, they had one and I took a picture. I was like, holy shit. And I knew people in the government where it was just like, hey, how? And they were like, I don't know how you would even, where you would <laughs> go about you, that. I ran and into it. was it. just always Billy, just don't. Please don't. With your nonsense. <laughs> don't and I was like, knock it off. I'm like, I'm not going to mess with your career. I know you work hard. You're a good person. But I'm always just like, hey, how can I fuck with that? That's interesting. And they're like, just don't involve me. I'm like, cool. But <laughs> that's it's what I always thought, too, because in the Tennessee was like what they were doing and they still may do it is if there's like any amount of like paraphernalia or drugs or anything they'll seize every they can seize all kinds of like your property they can seize the money they can there's yeah it's legal for you to have a medical card and for you to possess like what is on that medical card right and step out of line if it says you can have 28 grams of flour like Try to have 40 and see what happens. Like you're not, they're not going to be like, okay, we'll subtract that 28 because that's covered on your medical card. Now you only got 12. No, it's you're a drug dealer at that point. They legalized possession of cannabis with a medical card, but they didn't legalize paraphernalia. So a lot of people get pulled over and they're like, do you have any cannabis in the car? It's yeah, I've got this. And then it's, well, do you have any paraphernalia? And they can literally give you a ticket for a dirty pipe as like a paraphernalia charge. And so it's, it's again, they take it all away. And it's like, how do I fix my street? You know what I mean? And so it's, there's this big call. Yeah. Yeah. Move. (laughs) Economy shouldn't be like, it shouldn't be this weird toll you've created. So you can exist because you don't have any other there. It's a really weird situation because like the towns, they were probably like eight, nine hundred people. And like their main every main street has beautiful brick buildings. There's 30 storefronts and three of them have a store in it. One of them's like fucking renting DVDs. And it's what? (laughs) And it's like there's 27 empty storefronts on the main street. There's absolutely no economy and it's because people used to be okay with living rural and living in small towns and then they were finally like i don't want to drive 30 miles to walmart i want to live next to walmart it needs to be well, just there's also all these corporations come in too thinking they're giving them jobs or like dollar general and some of those and what they do is just suck the money from that community out yeah and it just yeah. bleeds them dry. And then when there's no money left, they leave. And it's people are just like, well, now we just pull fun people over. I mean, they're like back. I remember during the the BLM marches, I had a bunch of people. I don't go on there anymore, but I used to look on my Facebook, you know, just to see the people from the past. What are they up to? And so many people it was like, I, we agree with what they're saying, but they're just going about it in a in the wrong way, destroying these businesses. Some of them are mom and pop. And it was like, that was their problem with it is like the marchers were like 
destroying businesses and stuff. And I, I just couldn't take it anymore. I like made a post that was like, all you guys that are fed up with these marchers and saying that they're going about it be wrong because they're quote, destroying like businesses and stuff. Like our town had three different like supermarkets. There were like clothing stores and stuff like that. And now there's Walmart, there's one Walmart. So just in the single town that you live in, one corporation, Walmart, shut down 20 or more businesses. And it's no, nobody posts on Facebook about, well, Walmart, you can get a good deal, but we don't necessarily agree with how they go about it because they're destroying <laughs> the small business. Everybody's silent because you can buy shit for $2 cheaper than you could buy at the other place. And so then it's okay, also, so you- I can buy a steak and a gun. Yeah, three guns if you want to. Some panties. Yeah, it's a good good place. (laughs) And that just goes into how corporate capitalism just cannibalizes itself. Yeah, you working hard. I did the word right again. And it all goes back to it with the first with the first thing we (laughs) talked about with the moratorium. There's going to be the it's all about taking the licenses away, minimizing the amount of licenses that there are and market consolidation. They want to have as few amount. So each license has a bigger because what they're also going to do in this two years is they're going to figure out how much the licenses are going to cost in two years. Well, so that's what I was about to say. One of my favorite things right now is, especially here in Oregon, there's a company that will do your security system for you. They will set up stuff. They have a liaisons with the OLCC. So if you have questions regarding metric, they'll help you figure it out. But also the other thing is they aggregate a website where they are they can connect you with people who are selling licenses. Now, Oregon itself too had a moratorium on new licenses and it's insane how expensive the licenses start to be worth. And now there's just people making a living on selling licenses. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, just to buy a license to grow weed in Oregon, it costs $90,000 before you even pay the rent on the building, the security system or anything right. like that. That I Michael Cohen and his, his subway tokens. It's the same. It's, it's the same scam. Whenever I was in Washington state in 2014, my neighbor, he's a real cool guy. He was on the second season of Deadliest Catch. And he was like, a, he lived in like Port Angeles in Washington and was just like a hardcore fisherman, crab fished during crab fishing season and then done salmon fishing. And he really turned me on to the whole scheme and how literally with government, it's like, you if you're trying to figure out why the government is doing something, follow the money. Because at the end of it, at the end of the rainbow is that pot of gold. It's in it, end of the rainbow is like anything the government does. It's money. It has to generate money or else they're not going to do it. And so what he did, the analogy that he used is he goes, look at Washington state. Okay. They have all of these grow licenses. They're going to take back all of the inactive ones. So they had 400. Now there's only a hundred. So Mr. You bought a $10,000 license in 2010 is now selling their license for $200,000, but you can't just buy the $200,000 license before you can start growing. You have to buy their building, all their debt, 
and everything like that. That was his prediction. And how he got to that prediction is because they did that with the salmon fishing licenses. I guess they gave out <laughs> a shitload of salmon fishing licenses in Washington back in the day. And they said, hey, anybody can have one. It cost X amount. And then they started pulling them. Well, now there's only like 40 salmon fishing licenses, commercial salmon fishing licenses in all of Washington. But the licenses actually generate more money because of each they took away a bunch of ten thousand dollar licenses and instead of well it's like a liquor license because it's yeah. guaranteed that it's a guaranteed business if you can get a hold of the license if you can buy your way into the license if you can buy your way into salmon fishing because there's not many people that can do it anymore then it's guaranteed money yeah it's like mm -hmm. opening a bar it's like yeah. when a bar fails you're just like what did you do yeah sounds like the pursuit of liberty if i've ever heard of that yeah Certainly. you get a territory and you hold on to that shit liberty yeah. i a couple years ago whenever we went to start the build out on our grow we had the processing license and i had a serious talk with my partners and i was like listen we can spend 180 grand on doing a build out or what we can do is we can buy 10 2500 licenses get them minimally active right have a single clone have them different licenses we'll sell a clone to each we'll just this license we'll sell it to this license this license will sell it to this license we'll have six clones on six twenty five hundred dollar licenses because the money is in the license right so you have yeah. to have an active license and then eight hundred dollar pounds you're not making your money back after testing electricity trimming giving your shit there within a year in Oklahoma, it'll probably be a distribution model like it is in California, where me as a grow, I'm not going to the dispensary. I'm taking it to a distributor on the front. And then the distributor says, I'll give you a thousand a pound for it when it sells. And then after nine months, they call me back and they said, Hey, I sold half of it for $800 a pound and the other half it's not selling. So we'll just go ahead and buy out for $200 a pound. It's illegal for you to take it back. So do you want us to throw it in the trash or do you want $200 a pound? So then they can basically legally rob people because yeah, as a yeah. grow, you don't why have Why would any, they be real about that? Why? And there's no, it's almost like common knowledge and accepted because it's like you as a grow, you can't afford to go do all the marketing and everything that we're going to do. So you can't sell your weed. So you have to give it to us. And then once you give it to us, it's illegal for us to give it back to you. So you know you that, do you see that LA Times story that came out like three or four, five days? I've tweeted about it because I'm fucking nuts. But it's all about they legalized it and that with the promise it would make, but the black market is stronger than ever. And the legalization is what triggered it. And I was like, no, that's not what triggered it. It's the overtaxation and no one can make any money. That's what triggered it is but, that you guys lied about what, and you wouldn't listen to anyone about what, it's, how it actually works. But there's also, and this is what to add to what you're talking about is this frustrates me too, because everyone was make, making fun of those Canadian huge, those, those IP yeah, public companies canopy growth core like all those that they're like they keep losing money every year and people are like how do you lose money selling weed and you're like because you don't want to make money for 10 years you want to drive the cost of it down you don't have to make money everyone else does 
Yeah. If you drive it down to nothing and no one can make any money. I just wish there was an example of that of what of someone of a company that really I oh, was the Amazon. That's exactly. I was going to say Jeff Bezos, no, man. No, Jeff- I was, I'm just being a smart ass because that's exactly what they're doing. And it drives me nuts seeing all these cannabis people online and stuff making fun of them like they can't make money. And you're like, they're killing. That's who's killing you. That's who's doing it. Yeah. And a lot of the people that are getting killed by Amazon are letting Amazon be their distributor. (laughs) Because they can't because when was the last time you went to a www dot anything? I mean, it's type the shit into Google and hit like the first not add response that you get on Google and it's and most of like for the average person it's like why not buy it on Amazon it's cheaper it gets at your house like tomorrow until I met my no, girlfriend it's... and she had some weird vendetta against Amazon I bought everything on Amazon and then <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize until she explained it to me a little bit and got through my thick head I'm like I hate on Walmart but I buy everything from Amazon what the hell am I doing here but she it's does point there She's got a good point. Well, there. But they I mean, do the exact same thing that they do with weed in the distribution model. It's you have to sell it through us. And if you don't, good luck. But it goes back to that access of cannabis that you talk about, too. Was, oh, yeah, I grow some heady, high-end fucking cannabis. A lot of the people that have to work for me to trim that cannabis or to package that cannabis or to get that cannabis out, I can't afford to pay them enough to buy that cannabis or else I can't grow that cannabis. Right. And that's I, as a grower, can hardly afford to go and buy that cannabis. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I, they know, they knew what they were doing. I knew coming to Oklahoma in 2019, like I knew where it was going. And it was basically everybody that I talked to, I was like, you're in a, you're in a race right now. You're in a race right now to make, anything and to get anything out of it because it all funnels down into Amazon. It all funnels down. The be all end all is Amazon. And so like you have to at first it's opened up and they just Amazon, the weed guys in the Amazon, they start off from day one purchasing market share is what they're doing. Billy was saying, go 10 years without making any money every day. Every dollar that you're losing, you're purchasing yourself market share. You're purchasing market share. You're purchasing market share. And that's something that I really, it's tough for a small business to do that because it's okay. I have to get $50 per gram of this hash for me to make any money and for the grower to make any money. And it's, there's these other hash companies that go in there and they're selling the hash for $25. And it's, I don't understand how, how they're doing this. How are they pricing it like this? And it's because now two and a half years later, you go into the dispensary and there's not 15 hash brands anymore. There was 15 a year ago. And now within one year, there's six or five. And it's because (laughs) all those guys that sold for the 25 instead of 50 for a year and a half, now they have those accounts. And now the $25 grams are now 35, 40 again. Why did you go into the cannabis market again in Oklahoma. You saw that it was the way it was in Washington and you keep doing it. Why do you keep doing it? Bad life choices. I'll say that. I'll say that. I'll say that. man that cannot tell a lie. I, I was not, that. I wasn't as introspective. <laughs> I figured out that it's, 
it's just I need to be introspective. I'm a very professional <laughs> person, and I just got to put it up there. I guess, other than just bad life choices, I think that it was honestly deep in my heart. It was wishful thinking on the sense of I wanted to be in the market. I wanted to be producing cannabis. I'm from Oklahoma. I was like, I'll never go back. And then it was like Oklahoma, they they had their, their laws at first and I looked into them and it seemed like I wanted to have some sort of good faith that this is my home, man. And out of everybody, we're doing it right. They're not overtaxing. They're not overregulating. Like everything is right. But in the back of my mind, the whole time from day one, it was like better better it's a race what's coming just be real with yourself and so it's this battle this pull push and pull situation of wanting to believe that it's going to be good and somebody has to feed into it for it to be good but knowing that it's just the way of the world and it goes back to money everything is generated by money and it all funnels down into the biggest amount of money from the smallest amount of people and so I guess I came out here because I wanted to, instead of just sitting there and being like, man, every place is fucked. It's going to be fucked. Just, it was like, I want to at least, I wanted to at least try to feed into something. And I felt like I got a good run for two and a half years. Oklahoma was like really solid. And it was like the best place in the country to be if you were like avid cannabis user. The prices were right. People really cared about what they were doing. People, that's not to say that they don't anymore. I know a lot of good people and we're still, we're doing the exact same thing we were doing a year ago. And so nothing on our front has necessarily changed. It's just the state has finally started to show, like to pull the covers back and be like, what you guys thought? You gotta be quicker than that kind of shit. But I just to wrap, wrap it up, I wanted to feed in to what I thought was a good system before it went to shit well you gotta go i understand i exactly like you have to go be like let's put some good energy in here while we can let's let's try to educate as many people about what this really is and before like you said the inevitable corporate part of the united states comes in and does its thing it is interesting you said that where you're like for two three years it was this wonderful community of this like and everywhere we go that is a consistent part of the story is like in the beginning it was these people that really care about it and blah 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 and then about two or three sometimes five depending it's usually remote location that that comes in and they're like yeah and it's what i think what happens i do think the corporation part where these ips that's been in the last two years where it's they've really ramped that up but i think what happens more than anything is it's people in the council seats it's people in these like these smaller parts of the government that don't they're business people and that not to any fault not bad or good but that's how they understand the world and they don't understand the plan so they start seeing this and then their dumb friends or who they hang out with they're like man who's bought an eight every two weeks since they were in high school 
thinks they understand the cannabis market and that's who they're talking to on the golf course. And that's where some of this starts. And when those dudes start doing that kind of dumb, for lack of a better term, like good old boy bullshit with that, with this industry, they don't understand and they fuck up the game. Yeah. That's when this people with real money, their actual businessmen that's when they swoop in and are like okay we'll do this we like we knew you motherfuckers will fuck this up every time (laughs) and it's so it's not as grand plan as people think it is it's very opportunistic too so they know when they can swoop in and it's time and yeah and it's also they call other mother shady motherfucking politicians in other states and they're like, hey, how'd you all do this? And like, well, you do this, and then you do this, and you do, and you're like, son of a... Yeah. When I saw that article in the Times, and the way it was worded and everything, I was like, oh, this is a weird systematic campaign thing that I don't... I'm just curious where it's really coming from, because the way it's worded and everything was like... It's not... I can't tell if it's like alcohol and the anti-cannabis lobby or if like big corporate cannabis just coming through to do scary stuff and then change the laws even more because right now there's like a fight the farmers like the small growers are winning because like they went to newsom and they're like yo this is fucked they Mm -hmm. and newsom's okay we'll we'll will suspend this cultivation tax and stuff like that and then now you see these articles and stuff coming out and you're like God, what a dirty fucking world we live in. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sorry. now they I, need I got more. all preachy about it. And, but well, I, it's not my love. And it's like you said in the beginning of this is since we recorded the first one, it's Oklahoma's completely different. Your vibe is completely different. <laughs> months ago. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's like that the the hope is okay there's how do you put it there's a bunch of people i feel like all the people that are doing good in this industry are doing good because of positive intentions and you you can't pay for shit with positive intentions and so you can go a while on positive intentions and your savings but it's like every they knew about they knew the average your average person how long are they going to be able to sustain on those good intentions and the money that they're going to bring here we just got to outlast that right there because at the end of the day whenever all they have are their good intentions and their savings is are gone that's that's how they get you right there and they know that they just have to go that long endless capital yeah yeah that's what you can't beat and then when they have that psychopath mindset of that corporate entity behind them when they're like profits at no matter what, this is just business. You're like, it's not. It's not just business. Yeah. Agriculture of any kind isn't just business. It's like a Yeah, it's, it's a, a that's it's, why it's the a, world is fucked up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's the reason why we race to the bottom of the barrel with food production and now have poisoned ourselves. We've poisoned yeah. the well in a lot of ways, and it's just like, all right, cool. 
Yeah. And but I, it's, but I'm glad you went back to Oklahoma, though, because it is to be like, I know that Mike was like, why would you go knowing? It is still that thing. He's like, I'm from here. It's Mike knows I wanted to do hemp when it first started in Tennessee because I'm from Tennessee. I wanted to show people. And then as soon as I looked into it, the margins were so thin. And then you had to buy the state seeds. I was like, oh, I'll burn this whole thing down. This is a scam. Yeah. This is. I ugh. left. I left Oregon during the 2017 market crash of growing weed. I was like, fuck it. I'm done with this. And within a couple of months, I was like, I miss growing weed. I'm going to go back to it. That's why I asked those questions because for a lot of us, there's just nothing else that we can do that makes us feel complete as a person. This is just what I got to do. I know I'm going to be fucked. I know this is probably not going to be good for a little bit, but this is just my thing. Because even on the worst day, I'm going to just describe stand up comedy. Why do you do this? I don't, if I stop, I'll die. I don't understand. It's like a thing. My, yeah, there's like my mom called me the other day and she's got this thing where she'll call and she'll just ask like how you're doing until she gets something out of you. And I've learned to just be like, well, all right, here you go. This is how I'm doing. <laughs> no, and that's dope. I mean, she, she gets a, a lot of, one. she gets a lot of, she gets a lot of like the venting and then this and then that. And she's gave me a few like good tips. One of the things that she said is just after ex- her experiencing me experience the cannabis industry professionally, she and like the money taking over and being distraught about that and everything. And she's son, one thing you have to realize is like a lot of these people that you work with, they don't give, they don't give half as much of a shit about this as you do. A lot of them don't care about it. And so that was one of the big things that, that she said. And then the other day I was just going, I was talking to her, I was on my drive home and I was just going on and on. And she was like, well, have you ever thought about maybe seeing if you couldn't get the grow where it could handle itself and maybe trying something else like a different industry? And it went from 20 minutes of well, this is fucked and this is fucked and this is fucked and it's never going to be better and it's going downhill to I'm not going to have this conversation with you about <laughs> something else. Like you misread me and she's no I'm not telling you to stop I'm telling you maybe you could do something else and it's I will die in this garden I will die I will starve to death eating my fucking weed plants if that's what it takes and it's because what I like to do is I like to grow cannabis and I like to bitch about my existence that's what I like to do because (laughs) I don't there's nothing else for there's it's what it's people that it's I pity people that, that have never experienced, like somebody that could ask you that question, right? I'm not going to, I don't, uh, oh, Billy, why don't you just try doing something other than stand up? It's just not, that's, that's like the, there are certain convictions that people have. It's a calling. What you're t- describing is called, it's a calling. It's my parents are teachers. They're yeah. much smarter than that. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like what they if that's again they were good at it and they changed the community they made the community better they made no money i never wanted for anything or needed for anything but when i look back on it we didn't have much because i was like oh y'all didn't pay dick don't pay we live in a small town thank god but that's a calling and your mom knows that 
She yeah. messing with you because she likes to push your buttons. No, a hundred midwestern mama. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I like that she's like, well, you're passionate. And then you got passionate. And she's like, well, you could do something else. And you're like, you crazy mama. Shut up. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah you know better is. than to like even talk about that. Because she was the one that like pushed me to do that. She's like, I had, of course, I had kids whenever I was young and you guys became like my, like, how I made my money was irrelevant. I had to have money to raise you guys. And so like me being happy, making that money was irrelevant. Like that wasn't thought. And she was like, so for you, you don't have kids. And she noticed like the error in that. That's real sweet. Yeah. And so she understands that and she's voiced that to me many a times. And so she was like, literally, I moved to Washington by having a falling out with a person I was living with. And she was like, okay, it's three o'clock in the morning on Sunday. What are you going to do with your life starting on Monday? And I was like, I want to grow weed and not go to prison. And she was like, all right, well, I'll buy you a plane ticket and you can go to Washington tomorrow. And I bought a plane flight and moved to Washington on Tuesday. And it was like, and so she knows she's a hundred percent messing with me. And so she, <laughs> it was, I think that was like her way of saying, take the bitch in and cut it out and actually do something about it. Get on the plane and go to Washington, mm-hmm. do something about it because there is other stuff that you can do. There's a giant oil field. There's all sorts of shit. There's a restaurant you can work in. There's all sorts of stuff to do. But like, where do you want to be after all of this bitching that you've done? Where do you want to be exactly where you are? And so that's that's my mom for you. <laughs> cool mom. And that's the whole thing is I when we think about finding our meaning or our conviction in life, it's like, well, and then you're just at peace and you're you're happy. And it's like, well, no, you can also be fucking pissed off at your meaning, pissed off at the thing that you found that you have to do. But it is just I don't know, man, it's just what I got to do. Well, it's, yeah. it's a piece of good art where it's going to affect you in about nine different ways all the time. And that's what your passion and like. It's to, yeah, it's like I can sit in com- younger comics and then some of my own contemporaries, I guess, don't understand that my I have that similar passion. I do about cannabis, but I've also been doing comedy my whole adult life, so I'm way better at it. Is <laughs> is I can also be constructed, I analyze it in a way that is probably not emotional and can become across cold. But it's just because I love it. And I'm like, well, this is what they're doing. This is what this is. And this is this. And people are like, man, are you talking shit? And you're like, no, I love every part of it. Like for me to break that down, it's like, it doesn't mean that I it's, I love them. I was like, this is the thing. And they're like, well, like, why would you see? You're like, because that's what that is. Mm-hmm. Not bad. That's just what it is. Yeah. So it is. I think that's why I went. I always love listening to you guys that have been in the cannabis industry before it was an industry you know what i mean and the whole thing and the calling i love to listen to you guys because i'm fascinated with why i'm called to it as well but in, in nothing like i do want to grow it and that's how i'm going to grow old and do that kind of it's like it's but it's it's a special thing and it's i'm interested in the corporate part of it trying to take over because i don't think it's going to be as successful as people think it is 
I think it's because the plants are so much more finicky than they want to accept that it's it, going it's going to it's going to be bumpy and for the people that can stick through it it will there will be a, a light on the end of the other side of the tunnel I think was yeah. what I think I do believe I really do believe that like the cannabis plant is a special plant. I've grown grown plants my my whole life. My grandma had a really nice greenhouse growing up and sold ornamental flowers. And I've been around plants my whole life. And there's just something once I got into into cannabis plants and actually had my hands in them, defoliating, topping, doing different stuff like that. There's some there's something special about the cannabis plant that that it can do for you and that it can do for itself and it's like it a very feels smarter than us like it a hundred percent is it would be it's like this fucked up human ego that we have to think that we're like this since we have an iphone we're like a fucking pinnacle it's no mushrooms are mushrooms were probably humans five thousand years ago that just evolved into you literally nobody everybody's fucking lazy nobody wants to do anything think about being a mushroom dude you ain't got to do shit you just hang out and then all of a sudden you're yeah it's what everybody wants to do you know what i mean if i could sit underneath a tree out in the woods and not have to move and mike has said this that's very funny mike has said this before i'll i'm gonna finish it because it he said several times there's like some drawing or some kind of fucking whatever. Swamp fantasy. thing. Swamp what a, yes. Thing. Okay. Some fantasy bullshit I don't care about. But but he's talked about it before. He's like, I've always related to that where I just like, like parts of plants growing on me and I'm just sitting in the woods. So when you started, I was already thinking, I was like, man, Mike just wants to become like part of the trees and stuff. So I was like, that is, there is something to this call. Like people, some people are very called to the plant in a way that other people aren't, and it's fascinating to me. Uh, the medicine part, of it. but can you? Will you come back and talk to us in a couple months, and then you can tell us if Oklahoma still exists? Of course, <laughs> you know, it, it, the whole thing, the whole thing might just dry up and blow away. But it's it's so I, fast moving there. You're just like, oh, so we might need to talk in a couple weeks. Nebraska. Exactly. You know, it's one of those things where it just, it happens so quickly and it's, Hey, there's this like moratorium that might be coming up and then it's, Oh no, I got pushed back. And then everybody kind of forgets about it. And then all of a sudden it's, Oh shit, it's tomorrow. No more licenses. So one of the big things for me right now and what I want to do eventually is coordinate with people like you and our other people that we check in regularly about a month after outdoor season after harvest and get like on the front lines reporting of people just being like what the fuck dude and that write that down so write that down so that you because you'll have to you're into this you'll know the seasons and when to call i'll just be like I'm yeah, so by, uh, we idea. harvested last year, like mid October. I started harvesting my outdoor. We're People gonna be in. Like we're gonna be in 5th. Humboldt the first weekend in November. This is not for you. This is promotion for a whole other thing. But we have Humboldt listeners. I'm just. I'm not good at it. So when it pops in my head, I'm gonna do it. But Savage Henry in Arcata first weekend in November. Mike and I will be there. Uh, we might do some other stuff while we're in Humboldt that weekend. So. 
guys buy tickets it's gonna be fun and we're, i'm coming to oklahoma probably it'll probably be 2023 i'm gonna come to tulsa and oklahoma city and stuff so cool we would i would love to smoke your hash so i'm oh, just dude. now dipping I'm my there. toe into it proper and it's it's the terps and stuff like uh, i think my palate has ref, is getting more refined so oh yeah i'm getting into i understand concentrates in a different way now where i'm like oh this is probably not great but uh, yeah it's such so. nice. i'll never financially recover from this <laughs> <laughs> it's great but thank you so much for your time of uh, course tell everybody they can click on the thing to your to your instagram but you can holler it oh uh, yeah i'm lost underscore roots underscore hash and erb farms on instagram here in oklahoma doing my thing my really good buddy he's got a dispensary in oklahoma city called hilltop gardens and so he's like the hub for all of the us smaller guys that are out here doing our thing and i just wanted to give him a shout out because there's a lot of people it's all the, the people that we've basically been talking about that are on our side and don't want to see it go down, funnel down to Amazon. So I like to, I wanted to be sure just to give him a plug because there's not, and not everybody's doing it right, but there are some people out there that are still sticking it out and sticking it to them. Shout uh, out your people. No, let's yeah, yeah. all find each other. That's what we're doing. Yeah, for all sure. All the homies <laughs> getting egots, man, this year. All the homies. I don't, Mike doesn't fully understand what that means, but he's it's a <laughs> it, it's like a positive thing that we're I'm just gonna let him keep going with it. But oh yeah, well definitely is. let me let me know whenever you're coming to Oklahoma because we'll bring the whole crew out. We'll have like 15 of us and we'll come down. Oh, I yes. We've no, got we'll we've got I'll bring there's hash makers, too. dispensary owners, we got all of us, we'll come down. We'll just Let's talk we'll to record them. a whole season in two days. That sounds great. Oh um, yeah, thank you so much. And we'll, we're course. gonna holler at you in a couple months and figure out okay. what's going on too. Thank you so much. Great, sounds good. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm.